What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the First Timers Podcast Show, where we offer insight, tips, and advice for first-time or long-time home buyers, sellers, investors, and homeowners. I'm your host, Michael Timpani, Mikey Titamani, New Jersey licensed home inspector, builder, investor, homeowner, and licensed real estate agent. Please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Google Play, and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at First Timers Podcast Show. So today we are going to do another local real estate spotlight. And I'm excited to have our guest here. And we have Glenn Roth. What's going on, buddy? How you doing? I'm excited to have you here. Let me let everyone know. Glenn is one of the owners of the Roth Real Estate Group. You can find them on Instagram and Facebook at Roth underscore underscore group underscore R-E and RothGroupRE.com, right? I think I got that right. RothGroupRE.com, yeah. Yeah, and I'll I'll let them, uh, I'll let you give all your information out in a little bit, but you could go over there now and follow along. Um, And you are our spotlight for today. I thought we were going to have your wife here, but she uh, ditched us, right? You are not so lucky. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, she had some other things that she had to tend to, um, but uh, next time. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Now, I mean, in, in this market, it's insane. So to have both of you in one spot is probably hard, right? Other than like sleep at night. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's, it's hard to get us both in the same room at the same time mm-hmm. because we really do put clients first, agents first. I mean, everybody says that, but we really bend over backwards yeah. to do that. And uh, with that, yes, it's very hard to get us both in the same room. I can't, I can't even imagine. And I think we're going to dive into that a little bit from now because- I think it's important for people to know, you know, who you guys are and how that changes the whole dynamic of how your company is run. I think, I think the individual creates the company. So, well, yeah, yeah. because whoever is running the show creates their own corporate culture, yeah, their own vibe, their own whatever you want to put in there, mm-hmm. and that trickles down to everybody, right? Yep, absolutely. We've both been around the block a few times, yeah. and and we know exactly what that's like. Yep. And yeah, for agents, especially, you know what the vibe is not too much long after you join a a real estate company, you can feel, (laughs) you can feel the vibe and what's going on there. And, you know, in the beginning, um, you know, listen, it's a sales business, so you're sold to join along and, um, and then as time goes on, you really see the, the culture and the vibe of a place. And I always after being in real estate long enough, I could tell any of my new agents that I that I end up coming across, it's important what the brokerage is like, the broker, the people that are running the show, more important than the, the stuff that they tell you on paper that oh, you're yeah. going to get. Because yeah. that, that's that's all in, insignificant when it comes to if you hate the company you're you're at, you know. Or you're not getting the support you need, or whatever the case may be. Every agent's different. They are. They they are as unique as everyone is unique. Everyone's a different fingerprint. But there's that there's that image that they all project, Mm -hmm. and then you sign up and you get there. And sometimes it's the same, and sometimes it's not. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) and we've been there. So um, before we get into uh, your your new company, well, your company was established when 2018 January. Awesome. January, we launched just this past year. 2020, what a great year to launch your own brokerage. <laughs> yeah, right? I know. Um, actually, it's been phenomenal. But we've been, I've been in real estate, I could say literally my whole adult life. Mm-hmm. I bought my first flip when I was 21. So, And that was a massive learning experience. 
Yeah. But, you know, trial by fire, pressure, that's what, that's how you improve. Right? Absolutely. Now, what, what were you doing before real estate? What was, um, what was your life like before entering this crazy world of real estate? Um, well, I, before having a license, I was a builder, a licensed builder and built spec homes, did uh, a couple of minor subdivisions. You know, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, and before that, before getting my builder's license, uh, I was a licensed home inspector, as you are now. <laughs> yeah, there you um, and at that time, the insurance was just absurd. It was a, it was a time when it was blame everything on the home inspector. And yeah. being a new licensed home inspector, my insurance rates were through the roof. And I was <laughs> like, wait a minute, this is crazy. I'm, I'm killing myself out here for, you know, a, small, a relatively small amount of money. Yeah. And the insurance company was literally taking a third. Yeah, a high liability. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So verbiage has changed in, in a lot of reporting now. Mm -hmm. So the the liability has gone down. Yeah, we pretty much take no responsibility for anything. <laughs> <laughs> in today's world, yeah. yes. I yeah. see a problem, go talk to somebody else that knows the problem better than <laughs> exactly. I do. And, but that, that really makes sense. It, it, coming from being a builder, mm -hmm. If I if you don't know about a plumbing issue, you would just call your plumbing subcontractor. Like mm -hmm. I don't know, let me call my plumber. Sure. Like so, to me, it makes sense to say, "Hey, listen, I think I see a problem. It looks like a problem. It's leaking. Right. Call a plumber for to further evaluate. Like, right. I don't where there, there should I shouldn't. I mean, it's hard for somebody to be a master of every single trade and go into that field and take responsibility right. for calling out the problem and why the problem occurred and how you should fix it. I mean, there's way too much there where it's like, I see the problem. This is the person you should call. Sure. And uh, take it from there. Because as a builder, that's what you would do as a builder. Right. I see an issue. I call my HVAC guy, my plumber, my carpenter, my freight, whoever it is. Right. Most of the time as a GC or a builder, you're not doing that work yourself. You just know who to call. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Where it derails or upsets the situation in a real estate transaction it comes right back to so many other things in life, and that's expectations. Yeah. You know, there's the agent handling the buyer. They, well, I'm not going to speak for other people. Yeah. Um, the way I suggest it is get a good home inspector in there, and their job is really going to give you an idea of what to look out for in the next five, 10 years. Introduce you to a lot of we got a lot of first time home buyers a lot of mm -hmm. a lot of what I call kids because I'm an old guy now um, <laughs> coming down from apartments in Hoboken or out of the city or something like that a lot of first time home buyers and they just don't have a clue you yeah. know they they pay the rent or the HOA and they turn a key and everything gets done for them so you're in many ways introducing them to owning a house and what's involved with it yeah but then you have that other segment that thinks okay well I just paid whatever. Four, six hundred, whatever dollars, hundred dollars for the home inspection. I'm going to get that back plus some. And no, it's not a coupon for <laughs> for you to beat up the seller. You yeah. came to a, a now. If it's not represented right, you know, if we said okay, this is what we're selling, and then the home inspector comes in and it's radically, rat, drastically, and radically. I kind of put that together. <laughs> yeah, different. Well, then okay, yeah, then you got a legit beef. But in a market this hot, forget it. You just don't yeah. even bother. Well, this, yeah, this mar the market also dictates kind of the, uh, I guess, the end result of a home inspection report. You know, right now, I think sellers could just say, kick rocks. Well, we have another seven offers that will probably go with no ho home inspection contingency, where maybe pre-COVID, it held a little more weight for a little bit of negotiation. Well, sure. Yeah. Sure, because whether it's pre-COVID or, or not. 
whether it's a super hot market or whether it's a something that's a fire sale price and you and I are killing each other to to win that, right? Yeah. If you win the bid and you got a laundry list of for the most part little dumb things mm-hmm. in the in the big picture of things, yeah. a laundry list of little dumb things from the home inspection, are you going to bust the seller's chops when you know I'm standing right behind you with another offer. <laughs> exactly. I'm ready to go. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And and do you know and that's how I represent um the home inspection to to my bot to the people that employ me and my clients. Right. I let them know, listen, there's gonna be a lot of stuff you're going to see on this report. I don't have time to to tell you everything that I find. I, I found a ton of little things, you know, yeah. a little hole here. I, I I picked those things up. Right. But those aren't the things that sway the needle. The thing that, that sway the needle yeah. Are maybe these two things that right. you have to worry about, or this one thing that you should worry about. Sure. So if you could tackle this, the rest is in. What was the word we were trying? Insignificant, or maybe that was my word. I don't know. <laughs> but but I think it's all about the the communication style, you know, between the inspector and the agent and the client, just to let them know, like you could pull, you could pick apart every house, a brand new home, every single. I mean, no I've been in new thing. construction yeah. that no such thing like, as a perfect house, n- none at all. So. Right. Um, a lot of it's communication, and I don't even know how we got to this point. But it's probably because you were a home inspector first, and then probably. <laughs> how did you transition from home inspector to to a builder? Like, what, um, what I just made- saw. Well, that was around the year two thousand, and I mean everything was going up and to the right, insanely. Yeah. Um, and why not? I was at a point where I could financially go out on that limb, take that risk, mm-hmm. and uh, and do that, and and so I did. And like many people in the 2000 on up for yeah, a number of years It was a great time there, to be in construction. To do anything even remotely close to real estate, yeah. it was very, very good. Mm-hmm. Very good. But obviously, it bit everyone in the tail almost Yeah, because um, the party went on too long. But uh, <laughs> that's a whole other podcast, yeah, that, right? You're not kidding. Yeah. That, that was, yeah. But that was it, a crazy, crazy time. That, so my brother and I, we started our company in 99 and- Okay. It took off like a rocket ship. Sure. And you we, couldn't get enough good help. Oh, not at all. And we started off as masonry subcontractors and then we went into our own general contracting. And we couldn't even look at plans for probably two, three months. Someone would say, Hey, we want a quote on this. And I'm okay, I can't even look I can't tell you I can't look at it right now. Right. I don't even know when I can look at it. It's so busy. I don't even know when It's a good problem to have. Yeah. Yeah. And then it became like um, all right, we can look at those now and, and people weren't getting financing. It was crazy. You saw like the end was coming, but I mean, it wasn't, I don't know, for, for us, it wasn't so smack dab in our face, but it was, it was showing up in signs mm-hmm. and that's when we did our own little reshift to, uh, to weather that storm. But it was definitely a crazy time. Now, did you get your real estate license back then? No. When did you become a licensed agent? 2014. Oh, after... After the headaches kind of subsided and- I got out of my last project in 2007, Mm -hmm. um, sat around, knew the music was going to stop, had my chair, um, and then waited for the typical three-year recovery. All the history books, right? Yeah. Real estate recessions, three years. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, this one was a little different. Yeah. This this (laughs) was a little longer than three years. And, uh, you know, Natalia- uh, Always wanted to get into being an agent. Mm-hmm. Um, for my own reasons, I was always like, eh, if I can, a little old-fashioned, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, 
if I can hold down the fort, if I can keep us comfortable enough, well, why don't we just do it that way? And uh, waiting for the recovery, uh, bid on more projects like in uh, 2012, bid on a few projects. And each time I was aggressively outbid, I couldn't believe it. And I was like, wow, this is not the time to be aggressively outbidding anything. And yeah. six months later, it was a false bottom. They were underwater. Long story short, 14, 2014, uh, we got licensed as agents and uh, – You both did it we together? Both, yeah. Awesome. Exactly. And um, it's funny. I thought from doing it from a very young age that it had something to do with real estate. And it really doesn't have anything to do with real estate. Yeah, you got to know it. Yeah. And you got to know zoning and some flood stuff and environmental stuff and all kinds of stuff like that. But it has everything to do with relationships and people. And it was Natalia that taught me that. Because we'd walk into a listing presentation together and I'd have my black binder full of all the stats and all the <laughs> all the you know bean counter type yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And she'd walk in and she'd hit it off with them like that. And the next thing you know, they're laughing, they're joking. Yeah. I didn't even open up my book and they're asking when you know we can make this happen. And I'm just like, wow, okay. Now, if the husband and wife selling the property, if he was a engineer or an accountant, okay. One in 10 times, I would open up my little yeah, book. Yeah, he go, would relate better to you at that one right, moment. exactly. <laughs> yeah. But the other nine out of 10, nope, all her. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're absolutely right. I, real estate has a lot to a lot to do with rela- relationships. Relationships and expectations. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you know, from being an agent yourself, mm-hmm. you know, you can, you can have a deal where um, you get 10, th- regular market, not today, regular market, you get 10,000 over the asking price. And because it wasn't managed right or because there was a doubt in the ethics of something that happened or something like that, the seller hates you, right? Oh, Mike, that SOB, blah, 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 whatever. Obviously, this is all made up. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And the same thing is reversed. You could have a deal where it's 10,000 under their asking price and they see that you always put their best interest first. You work like a dog. You are forthright and immediate on top of everything and they just can't thank you enough. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's the like with so many things. It's the way you leave people feeling that yep. is the gold with everything. And when you leave people feeling great, it's because they know you you did everything in your power to represent their best interest. And if when you when you when that's all you do, then it just snowballs. And that's what it's done for us. That's been our philosophy from day one, and it's just snowballed. So when it comes to like. You know, what commissions we made or how many sides or stuff like that. I don't even look at that um, because that's not where my focus is. I want everyone to be walking on sunshine when we're done. And if they're not, well, how, what could I have done better? Yep. And and that's, that's my corporate culture that I try to get out to all of our folks. And yeah, well, that, that's exactly what matters most is how was that feeling after the fact, Mm -hmm. you know, did they, did they feel that you did? The best you could do, you know, n- not everything is in your power. You can't make decisions or, or change outcomes. Yeah. But, and that's the hard part is, you know. I can't yeah. control Zillow. <laughs> yeah, I can't control Zillow. <laughs> but it, it, it's so hard to manage sometimes expectations of somebody else that it could take a while to get into their head to understand what their expectations truly are. Sometimes that comes out over time. I, I, I you know, being a builder, you could go into a house and say, hey, what's your budget for renovating your bathroom? And I, I don't know a budget. 
okay, 40,000. No, 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 no. That it's not that. Oh, so you have a budget. You know what I mean? Like there's, it, it takes a while sometimes to get those expectations out of somebody. Mm-hmm. And then there's times where if it shows, you know, the light comes out and you go, okay, this might be a buyer that I'm just going to run crazy with. They're looking for me to get that one in a million, you know, low ball deal through or, or, you know, they, it takes a while sometimes to read people. And yeah. I, like you said, your wife, she was able to read people very well mm-hmm. and go into that situation and, and close it. Oh, Where, yeah. It, because that that's she has that, that personality about her. Well, whether it's your real estate agent, your builder, or whoever, if you're going to do business with somebody, you're going to like them and then you're going to trust them. Yep. I mean, we can probably both think of a few people we like, but we wouldn't trust one <laughs> bit, right? Yeah, right. People are really not going to tend to do business with people they don't like, even if they trust them, mm-hmm. right? So, when kind of circling back to when I said this is all about relationships and people, it, it is, and yeah. I think really all businesses. Now you master. Now you link that with something that we know really well from having done it with our own money so many times. Yeah. And you, just by personal experience, you know pitfalls to avoid and things, traps not to get in. Then it's easy. Yeah. All right. So, being a – now, were you guys, as you were getting your license and doing real estate, were you a team, quote unquote? I mean, teams are like the the popular thing now. Everyone's a team. But did you do it as a team or was it – a little bit of a competition. <laughs> like, there, well, there's always a little friendly competition. Yeah, I'm suppose, sure, right? But, uh, but no, publicly, we are always a, united mm-hmm. very, very tightly. Um, there is no division. So whatsoever. before the Roth Group, if you went in on a listing presentation, it was always the both of you. Um, or, or you both helped each other represent the product at the it, end. It, exactly. There, for example, there are people that are, are in Natalia's social circle that I barely know. Mm-hmm. You were a married couple. Obviously, they know of me, but I've met them once. Yeah. <laughs> right. But their entire relationship is with Natalia. So, there's really little need for me to go there and handle that. The flip side of the coin is because of my prior uh, work experience, I have a good understanding of commercial. So, if you have a, a building somewhere and you want to talk about leasing it or putting it on the market and developing a fair valuation with uh, you know your NOI or whatever the like market cap rates are, whatever the case may be, that's not something she ever focused on. So, there's no need for her to come along to that listing presentation because it's business. It's all about numbers. It's all about that metric and, uh, and what if you're the landlord or owner, what your competition is and mm-hmm. how we can make it look better, yeah. how we can present a, a better carrot, if you will, so that you get the attention from the buyers. Yeah, and that that is a great combination of having both of you mm-hmm. that could do that. It's yeah, a I, very unique combination, also. Right, it is. For most stuff, for most residential stuff, yes, you're you're always getting the total package. I mean, mm-hmm. there, there's never um, something where I'm oblivious to what's going on with one of Natalia's deals, or she's completely unaware of what's going on with a commercial deal. No, we are. We we meet up end of the day, beginning of the day. We talk about everything that's on the board. And, you know, we have, of course, the office in Red Bank, but being that we 
uh, work out of the same house and home <laughs> yeah. every day also. Uh, and then the lockdown came, right? We we get our, our CEO in January and then the lockdown comes yeah, like, right? like a month and a half later. Uh, all right. Now I'm going in there to water the plants and pick up the mail once a uh-huh. week. Uh, you know, we have our whiteboard at the house and yeah, now now we're back in the office, but we're, we're still very focused yeah. as 24-7. Yeah. So, I mean, really with the lockdown, you guys didn't get to really miss a beat where, you know, other maybe owners that are were in different homes had to zoom meeting you actually had in life meetings yeah, yeah. There, there was that um we did a little bit of zoom stuff um met with uh you know some agents in open area environments and things like that but like everybody else you know you adapt improvise and overcome yep and uh it was just so i couldn't believe the phone just kept ringing kept ringing more and who would have thought right well in april i thought oh my god this is amazing (laughs) and then may just got crazier and june got crazier and it's just it's 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 similar to the effect of what you were saying before about you can't look at the plans for two or three months out yeah okay what agent doesn't want to take one more client one more listing yeah (laughs) we um, we can all squeeze like one more potato chip we can all squeeze in one more right i'll take that yeah i got you but at the end of the day it, it I, I won't speak for any other agent anywhere, but I want to be able to give that client attention so that they feel like they're my only client. Yeah. And we all know they're not my only client, but I'm not putting them on hold. I'm not doing anything. You can't take on, I can't list all the properties in the state of New Jersey. I'd love to, but it would be a tremendous disservice. Yeah. But we can sell them all, even in a down market. Sure. You can sell a listing. So- Let's let's bang them all out. Let's not have any expires. <laughs> exactly. I don't. It's. I haven't even looked, but I, I can't imagine there's too many good homes that expire in this market. Well, whenever one does expire, it's yeah. going to come down to price, condition, location, yeah, or, a, or some other weird factor. Yeah. That you know, why didn't this thing sell? We're closing on one today that should have sold years ago. That I don't. For the life of me, I can't understand why it didn't sell, but mm-hmm. we're moving it now. Oh, that's all that matters. That's all know? that matters. On your end. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, come last year, you guys got together and you thought, hey, let's open up a brokerage. Mm-hmm. Or how? It, maybe it was way before that. It, it goes before Yeah, that. it goes. So, what was the thought process and, and – um, the strategy behind starting the Roth Group and and how you wanted to run it, handle it, and make it different than other brokerages out there. Okay, thank you. Awesome, great question. Um, I've always thought a little bit differently than most, and I mean, my only job working for an employer was uh, when I was very young. I worked for UPS. I was a supervisor for them for three years. After that, it was very much going my own way, doing my own thing, being a general contractor before being an inspector and then be, you know, being an inspector before being a builder. I worked for myself in many ways. I always worked for whoever the buyer was of the product that I was building yeah. or creating. Ultimately, that's my boss to and, me. Yeah. I always tell – because my wife or people that don't know being self-employed, they're like, oh, you don't have a boss. And the person <laughs> that pays me – That guy in the mirror, he's yeah. an SOB. <laughs> <laughs> the person that's paying you is the boss. Like, right. Right. We're their first employee, but they're the boss. Yes. Because without them handing the check over, I'm nothing. 100%. And I think the same way of like everyone around me, my my attorney, my doctor, I'm writing the check, so you're working for me. Mm-hmm. That's just the psychology. I'm not yeah. trying to be arrogant or sound, you know, like 
anything like that. But Absolutely. if I'm the one that's writing the check, then you're working for me. Yeah. And and our clients are the same thing. Same exact thing. Yep. They're the boss. So, so when I think it's a little important to just throw in that when I bought and sold a lot of my own property, I really just did it myself. I hardly ever used a real estate agent. Um, I found that because of my personal experience, I knew a lot more than a lot of agents that were, there's a, let's face it, there's a lot of part-time soccer moms in this business. And, uh, no, I don't want to have to educate you on something. I have a better ear on the ground too. And, uh, I found one, she was absolutely dynamite. And I actually spoke to her this morning, coincidentally, (laughs) um, about something that we're probably going to put together, but, uh, Okay, now we're going to – now Natalia and I are going to go in as agents and we're always there to help one another. We're always there to help anybody else in the office, coworkers, things like that. If we can help out, knowledge, experience, managers not around, sure, no problem. Ask me, whatever, however we can help. Yeah. And with that, I was kind of amazed as I became an agent how little the house, the brokerage I, – I call it the house like a – I'm not a gambler. Yeah, but, but, yeah like, like right. casino. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But the brokerage, what does the brokerage actually do for the agent? And a lot of brokerages have some their own CRM or their own uh, brand or marketing advertising and their own niche, right? And with that niche comes that certain reputation. Negatively, it would be a stigma, right? Um, and at the end of the day, Years ago, I think that probably mattered a lot. Today, I don't think it matters really at all because circling back to the, if we're going to, if someone's going to hire you, they're going to like you and they're going to trust you. Yeah. And that badge on your lapel, I mean, I happen to like mine, right? (laughs) But if it's, it could say any of the big names, they're not going to go with you because of that. They're going to go because they like and they trust Mike. A hundred percent. Right. So with that, that brand it doesn't carry the weight that it did, say, in the 80s, right? Yeah. Uh, the Because things the world is radically different for real estate than in the 80s where the agents got the MLS in these little uh, pieces of paper and these books and they had to tear them out every night and replace them with the new ones. Now the client gets it like milliseconds after we get it. Yeah. Right? <laughs> they, know, they know about the listings that they want to see before we even got a chance to see that there was something new on the market. And then with all these other web applications, they can find out the criminal history of everybody in the neighborhood and who has how many kids and where they're going to school because of Facebook and a yeah. hundred other methods that, and platforms that they have to check that stuff out relatively quick and easily. So now the agent is shifting to doing other things. And I'm kind of digressing from the question you asked yeah, me yeah. before. But when it came to me, I always thought bigger. I always thought better. I always thought from, from day one that, okay, I, I know enough. I could do a brokerage just right out of, the, out of the gate. But let's get in the trenches. Let's start at the bottom. Let's see what it's really like from the agent's perspective at this company. Let's see what it's like from the agent's perspective at this company. Let's really get to know who good attorneys are and who, you know, and who isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and, with, and, and that's not just with attorneys. That's with mortgage people. It's with everybody yeah, in, with all, in the, all the sphere. Yeah, all the trades that, that make up real estate. Exactly. And you build relationships with the people that focus on getting the job done. The, the attorneys that are on the top of our preferred services list, I can call them on a Sunday on their cell phone. And they'll pick up the phone and say, hey, Glenn, what's going on? Yeah. They're, they're re- solutions-orientated mindsets, mm-hmm. not the uh, talk to me Monday at 9. 
Yeah, talk to type. my paralegal. <laughs> right, right. Because yeah. I wouldn't be bothering you if I didn't if there wasn't a problem for our client. You yeah. have a mutual best interest. So that that's kind of uh if you're not part of the team and working for the client, well, what are you really doing? Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. But uh with that, when we started our own thing, we said, okay, let's give the agents the vast majority of the commission back because if you if you run things right, you don't need to take a absurd, obnoxious cut. Mm-hmm. And um I years ago I bought a Matterport camera, which are you familiar with what that yeah, is? Yeah, so the, the 3D cameras. 3D camera scans around, looks at everything. Um, They're awesome. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Um, I bought one of those in January of 18 when I went to an MN conference in, in the city. And I just thought this thing is the coolest thing ever. I thought it was going to catch on a lot faster than it did. Yeah. Um, pulled the trigger, bought it. Matt wasn't too happy at the expense at the time. <laughs> but they're, they're expensive. It, yeah, I spent a lot. Well, they're a lot cheaper now than they were yeah, years yeah. ago. And then, and then and then you have to buy into their program and every, the whole yeah, thing. Yards, yeah, yeah. Right? There's a lot to it. And, yeah. you, and you need an iPad to control it. Yeah. If you don't have an iPad, you get to go get an iPad just to run <laughs> the thing. Um, stuff like that. But then April comes around and, and we're Matterporting all our own listings anyway. Yeah. Right. So why can't I just Matterport them for my agents? So we do. We Matterport every listing. I don't care if it's a $200,000 listing or a $2 million listing. I mean, I've Matterported little dumb shacks and I've Matterported commercial spaces on Route 9 that are in the tens of thousands of square feet. Yeah. Because um, I have it. I'll, I'll use it. Yeah. Why not? And in April of this year, we got our first contract emailed to us just based on the Matterport. How about that, right? The, the, and, it, and it was it was a great number. <laughs> and the buyer stepped over the threshold to the home for the first time during home inspection. Wow. And that and that shows you, you know, the power of technology and and what you could how you could expand your reach just by having the the right technology getting used. Yeah, then it became a real hot commodity and everybody was scrambling to get one. We already had one, but <laughs> the house doesn't pay for it. You're not going to find a broker that's providing that. I'm the only I know a few agents that own one themselves. Mm-hmm. I don't know of any brokerage that provides it for their agent point blank and that's what we do because I think the broker should do something for the cut that they take. Absolutely. So there's two things. There's bringing you technology that you can actually use, not just a CRM where, let's face it, the broker controls that CRM. Yeah, right? <laughs> so they control your clients and yeah. their information. They have all access to everything. Right, exactly. That's not fair. I don't know who your client is. Mm-hmm. I don't have slavery was abolished. I don't, <laughs> I don't own your clients. Yeah. <laughs> you don't even own your clients. Yeah, exactly. So I don't believe I have a right to put my hands into that book and uh, then sit down with each agent and actually discuss where you're stuck. What can we do to help you get to the next level mm-hmm. rather than do classes and training like that? Because when you have classes and training like that, it doesn't matter if there's two. If you just have two agents in a class, one of them is going to hesitate to ask a question because that other agent's there. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah. And because people do claim up when they're at these classes. A lot of times people just show up to the classes for the free bagel maybe and just to get out of the house, <laughs> you know. Feel like they're doing something yeah. productive. And and there's times where I've done, as you know, I, at the, my current brokerage, I, I do classes and right. um, I've done podcast classes, other stuff. And I will get the messages afterwards DM'd privately like, hey, yeah. I was wondering about dot, dot, dot. And and I'm all I'm cool with that, but sometimes 
I know that there's other people that maybe would have liked hearing that question. Yes. You know, and yes. but it's hard. People, I don't know. I think as humans, we just don't raise our hand often during classes of any sort. You know, I, I, I don't know. When I was in home inspection school, a lot of times you're just like, let's get this time over with. You know, like, <laughs> I, I, well, I'll message the guy after if I don't understand this. You know, when I did home inspection, I was a home inspector, and then the state did that uh, certification stuff, and mm -hmm. it was 300 hours at the time. Yeah, and uh, I went through it, and the first class it was 10. Classes at 30 hours a piece. And the first class was a pretty good class and the guy teaching it really knew his stuff. And then we took a test at the end and the book that wasn't a cheap book at all had clearly errors in it, right? <laughs> and I go up to the instructor and I'm like, all right, the book, we both know the real world is this, but the book is saying that. What's going to be on the test? Yeah. He said, that's a great question. I don't know. Because <laughs> it was PSI. I think yeah, it was PSI, yeah. a third-party testing agency outside the school. And I said, well, Christ, I'm spending all this money on this thing. Let me go take the test just to find out what's on it. And sure in hell, I passed it. I passed the damn test before taking the class. Well, hands-on experience, yeah, life absolutely. in the field, stuff yeah. like that. I still had to sit in the other nine classes. So that was at least you were there probably able to help other people like, no, that's not on the test. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was at the back with yeah, my yeah. feet up you know, <laughs> for the most of just doing time. Yeah. And uh, every now and then they would say, uh, Hey Glenn, was this on the test? And yeah. Done, yeah. No, no. <laughs> but who knows if that test was accurate for everybody else? Yeah. Right. But, uh, we've digressed. I forget yeah. So, uh, so for agents that are looking for a, uh, a different type of brokerage, cause I, you know, I come across, you come across, if people see that you were in real estate, everyone wants to get into real estate when they see the, the sold, you know, posts or anything. It's easy for to make real estate look glamorous. And yes. Like you're just raking in cash. <laughs> it's just flying just, on you. Just making it rain everywhere. Yeah. They're like, oh my God, he just sold a $600,000. They're doing the commission, you know, split in their head. He's, and he never has a bad day. Yeah. He sure. probably made 6% on that one house and he made this much money. And, um, but I always, I try to break it down to the person I know, like, okay, what it, what's going to be your needs? The new agent might need something different than the experience agent. The experience agent could go off and they just need a place to hang their license and run their business and need some, you know, support behind them where the new agent needs somebody there that they could call and say, Hey, I don't, can you look over my contracts for the next year? Cause I, I don't know what I'm doing, you know? And unfortunately you see, I've seen it on the other end when I get uh, contracts and you go, wow, this person has no idea what the hell they're doing. And it's a shame because that person probably feels scared to ask their broker manager or whoever, and they don't have a mentor there that's yes. able to like talk to them and, and lead them through it. And, um, so it, the, your brokerage truly matters and having the right broker that fits your style of doing business and how you want to do it truly matters. So for agents that are looking for brokerage, and, and this reflects on the clients too, because you bring a culture that the agents and the clients are kind of one together. So, you know, for, so your brokerage, how would you explain it to maybe other agents, um, the, the vibe that you want to bring in and, and, the, and the type of atmosphere that you're looking to create. You hit the nail on the head when you said everybody is different with their needs, right? The experienced agent and the newbie agent, 
some experienced agents are very good at running their little business in this neighborhood. Yep. And then all of a sudden, one of their affluent clients, because they have a $900,000 house, they also have a commercial building somewhere. And, and they're like a deer in the headlights when they start talking about that. Whoever you are, whatever you do, you can grow. I mean, that's what I love. I love growth. I love learning new things. I love conquering a new mountaintop, um, whether it be going from this, all the things we talked about before and going into something new uh, or this business. And with this, I want to teach as many agents to fish as absolutely possible. So they, I'm not giving you a lead. I'm teaching you, showing you how you can go out and get your own leads no matter what they are. So whether you're that new person or close a deal or solve problems, because let's face it, new leads are one thing. Can you close it? Yeah. There's going to be a myriad of problems that come up every every, every transaction. And now being an inspector, I feel bad. I'm a part of the problem. <laughs> you know, this morning I got I got the uh, radon report for something, and I was like, ah, oh, man, I don't even want to send this out. It, you know, it, was it four point one? <laughs> it was four point oh, which is right there yeah. needing to get retested. But it's those things that you need to navigate as the agent. And right. be, you know, I definitely. I have so much empathy for the agent, being that I was there. I know another inspector wouldn't care. It would just forward, send, whatever. Right. Not my problem. I was like, oh. damn. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, how? Uh, I'm like, hey, buddy. Maybe this is you know some suggestions you could do with your client. You know, right, right. Talk to the attorney them, and you know maybe th let's do another test because there were some windy days that could draw up a higher number. Whatever sure. the case may be, because I know that you know there's there could be another answer there, right. and I don't. You know, I'm looking out for the client because, hey, listen, the report says what it says, but it's also let's see if there's a way to make sure you guys get this through because it, there's always problems with every deal. Every I, I don't know of any deal that was like, oh, click, click, sign, sign. You know, it could be done on, on the Internet. It, I don't think I've been – I haven't been a part of those yet. I wish I was. <laughs> oh, yeah. You haven't seen some of our posts? Come on over. They all, they're all like that. No, yeah, they're just all kidding. perfect, you know? <laughs> no, but um, again, you're touching on a lot of the right things. And for the agents, whatever level you're at, there's – you all have your, your, your cruxes, your vices, your sticking points. They're your little hurdles that, okay, you're good with A, B, and – E, F, G, are you good with D or C or G? Yeah. Or you know, are you good? Everybody has a missing piece. Yeah. So, the more well-rounded you can be and the more creative and open-minded you approach any given situation, the more you're going to learn and the more comfortable you're going to be with it. This morning before coming over here, I was doing some role play on the phone with one of, one of my agents who's uncomfortable with a given particular situation. Okay. Well, after we role play now and they don't even want to role play on the phone. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I get that. If you do, and I don't make anybody do anything. Because you got to be happy. And I'll get back to that in a second. But if you can, and it's just you and me, because there is not a class with another agent sitting there, I guarantee you I've opened up my mouth and put my foot in worse than anything you could possibly say right here <laughs> now. So it's just us. Yeah. What would you say if somebody said blah? And it's weird and it's awkward when you first start doing that with somebody. But the more you do it, like riding a bike, the more you do it. The, and then after we go back and forth a few times and you get on the phone with somebody in the real world, it's always easier. Sure. They're not going to be as mean or nasty as we pretended to be. Yep. Right? Or, or tough with the questions. And it's funny, in the very beginning, particularly, I think for new agents, it's they want to avoid the difficult conversations, right? Because who wants to have the difficult conversations? They're the hardest. You, you hate 
calling or telling someone that the deal fell through, but you, you want to tell them that the their offer was accepted, you know, immediately. <laughs> right, right. I like to take things and say, all right, what needs to happen to make this work? As long as there's dialogue, you have the, the, the ingredients are still there where you can have a closing, you can have success. As long as you still, only when you both walk away and there's no dialogue going back and forth, is the deal really dead? Yeah. Things that I never thought I would see turn around and the side, and one side gives or the other side gives yeah. or it's a combination of both. And keeping that, we're really working toward the same goal here because let's face it, at the end of the day, there's got to be enough meat on the bone <clears throat> for everybody. Mm -hmm. If there's not enough meat on the bone, you're going to completely kill somebody. And okay, we all have a, somewhat of an ego. It's nice to notch a real hard win, but then you're never going to do business with that person again, yeah. ever. Right? You burnt them, you scorned them, and that, that's never a good thing either. But coming back to what I said before, you got to be happy as the spyer, the seller, as the agent. You got to enjoy what you do. Mm -hmm. You know, some companies, they, they're very hard on doing many hours of cold calling a day. And you have other companies that they want you to fork out thousands of dollars in postcards, right? Because that, that's their thing. <laughs> yeah. or, or farm just this neighborhood, yeah. right? You got a license yeah. that's good for the entire state. So yeah. forget about your uncle in Woodbridge. Just work this neighborhood. Yeah. Because everybody else in the agent in the agency has other territory that we've let them farm. No, no, do what makes you happy. Mm -hmm. There's enough out there for everyone. I really think that. Sure. And and the chances of of I mean, there's a lot of agents out there, but the sphere of people that like and trust you mm -hmm. are most likely not going to be the same sphere of people that like and trust another agent. And then maybe you occasionally overlap. And mm -hmm. that's cool. Like then that's competition and mm -hmm. you, you just got to put your best foot forward there. Right. And, I mean, that's life, you know, n n everything's not given to you. There's competition out there and you yep. have to say like, Hey, well, I think I'm better because of X, Y, Z. And I, this isn't the experience and what I bring to the table. But if you're happy with the other person, that's cool. Sure. You know, but, um, I, I always bring up the story, but I, I was, I was blocked from Instagram from another agent that I had no idea. I never even met the person and they blocked you me on Instagram. Got from Instagram. I got blocked. Yes. You're like the nicest guy. <laughs> so, and, and, and that made me wonder, I go, there's no chance of our spheres crossing. So, I mean, what proprietary information are you giving on your Instagram? That's going to make me, a, maybe it's going to help my business, but I'm not going to use your stuff. Like we could all help each other. Yeah. You know, like even before I became a licensed home inspector, I had other real estate agents on my podcast while just doing real estate. So there's no competition there. I'm learning something from you. Maybe we learn something from each other. Mm -hmm. It helps your you and your business and your sphere. It helps me and my business and my sphere. And we all make some money. Right. There's enough out there for the people that are doing it seriously. Right. But, I mean, that's the other part, you know, but um for I think the the main thing I'm getting away getting from what you're saying, and to me is most important, is that you're there for support for the agent. And 100%. That is the most important thing, especially new, I don't care, new or experienced agents. They need support at the office. And I always felt comfortable doing real estate because the people that I aligned myself with, that I stuck with, and, and now I feel comfortable, I'm, I'm back at, mm -hmm. I know that they are there as my partner. Mm -hmm. And just like you said, you know, when you pay someone, you feel that they're working for you. Well, if I'm paying my broker, you know, X amount of percentage of my, my commission, mm -hmm. they are my partner in this. 
Therefore, if I have a question on a deal, Mm -hmm. you better be there to answer it because you're my partner. I'm not paying just to, you know, make new postcards or, you know, put the electric on. Like we're partners in this. And so I always felt comfortable knowing that, hey, listen, if I don't have the answer, I have a great partner there Mm -hmm. that can. And that's to me what I'm getting from what you're saying is that any agent in any different, you know, uh, level of their career, you're able to be their partner and help them through you know, whatever they may need. I look at it like this because I like I look at so many things from the agent's perspective just because I'm the broker of record, the owner of the company, whatever. I, our success is coming from looking at it from the agent's perspective and from the buyer or seller's perspective, keeping that first and foremost. So, if you're an agent and your broker can't teach you something, you've outgrown them. Yep. And the day that I can't give anything to any of my agents, they should fly, go do their own thing. They've outgrown me. Yeah. And I don't have such an ego that I can't admit that. I don't know everything. And I, I try to. I learn. I try to learn all the time. And whatever I learn, I want to share. And when that, when you do get that call from that agent, oh my God, you have to be there. You have to be there a thousand percent. And especially from that very seasoned agent, very seasoned agent. Because you know what? When she calls you, whew, she's been around the block. And you know yeah. what? When she's got a problem, it's a real problem. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's not like I yeah. got cold feet on making a cold call. Yeah. It's like this is happening and the world is going to crash and you know. And blah, how blah, are we going to keep this how, together? Right. How are we going to keep this together and how are we going to avoid whatever it is, liability yeah. or whatever the case may be? How do we make this right? Yeah. And a lot of times with those seasoned agents, I bet you could uh, attest to it. It's more of a pep talk than a information session because they've probably been through most of the things. I think people just get into that panic mode and they need someone there to say like, hey, listen, we could do this together. We're going to get through. Yeah. Sometimes it's a conflict with like another brokerage and another agent and somebody that's not living up to the to the standards. Um, some There's some people out there that uh, don't do things as ethically as you and I. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) how do you handle that situation? How do you, I mean, yeah, there's, there's what the, the book will tell you to do, which I'm not saying is wrong, but at the end of the day, we all have a certain result that we want to get to. Right. And it's like so many other things. You have a disagreement with somebody, religion, politics, right? Let's think of something really big and scary. And I'm not, I'm not going there today, Yeah, yeah, yeah. but let's say for conversation's sake, you feel one way, they feel another. And let's say all the facts are on your side. If you change their mind, if you beat them down in that conversation and they turn around and say, all right, yeah, I see you're right. Are they going to like you? No. no are they going to think yeah. Mike's the best? No. no. So if you can get that person to come around and, and see whatever perspective you're looking to do, right? Yeah. And in, in real estate, it's getting to the closing. Yeah. Right. We all have that easy common goal, unlike other topics I just referenced, right? (laughs) As long as you keep that as the goal, the common goal, the common ground, and you have good dialogue and you're just out there with honesty, people know that if you say some stuff that they always want to hear, they're going to know you're full of it. Mm -hmm. You got to deliver some bad news, but deliver it honestly and they're not going to hold it against you. Right? That, Absolutely. So when you approach it that way, then you still have something going on. Yeah. You know, if you, you still have that dialogue to the deal isn't completely dead, no matter how horrible it seems. And it's, it, it's crazy. But lately, it's like 
the attorneys that have been working with our clients have been working against the, the client. I'm like, what are you doing? Yes, and that, that's a whole nother variable yeah. that you could, we could probably talk an hour about that alone. Right, right, right. You know, we, as agents, you get them to the table and then the attorneys, sometimes they have their own egos involved and then right. we, we <laughs> then it's, it's okay, let's try to keep this together on our end. And, and, and as the agent, if you, I always like to think of the agent as the ringleader. Yeah. If you can be the, the one with the top hat and the cane directing where the attention of the audience goes and what, yeah. what part's coming up next while, you know, whatever, then you're always in control of the deal. When you're in control of the deal and you're aware of everything that's going on around you, the deal's going to go smooth because it's in your hands. If it doesn't, you drop the ball. And yeah. we've all dropped a ball sometime sure, in yeah. our life. Own up to it and fix it right away. And then nobody's got a problem with you. But um, Yeah. When you, when you don't have that, that's when things start to get a little rocky and maybe things go off the rails a little bit and then you're working on recovery and that's never, that, <laughs> that's, that's, that's never fun. No, not at all. But I mean, I'm, I'm glad you shared all that because I think agents will get a glimpse into how you run the Roth group and I think people out there could get a good sense of if anyone's working for your brokerage, the type of support they have. From the back end that's not seen you know on the front end the front mm -hmm. end's always the agent and most people have no idea what the back end's doing or you know like they don't even care it's like a whatever they, they don't i mean w yeah. when i mean let's think about it the manager of the office you would think the manager of the office has a vested interest in the success of the office yeah. but yet how often does the average manager pull you in and say hey mike come on in sit down tell me about what's going on with your deals are you mm -hmm. okay Where's the friction? Where's the sticking points? How can yeah. I how can I help? And for, as you mentioned, there's all types of agents. For new agents, I'm seeing them once a week. I'm sitting down talking with them at least once a week about whatever can be done to make their life easier, make their deals happen smoother, and, and nothing less is acceptable to me yeah. as as a broker owner. If you really got your act together, okay, yeah, we're not going to talk as often. But I'm still going to reach out to you. There's not going to be a month that goes by that yeah. we're not talking about what problems, where, where are your sticking points, how do you want to improve any aspect of what you want to do. You want to get better results, better conversions, better whatever. I'll share all the tactics I have with you. And if you can get one thing, just one, and then implement it, that's the key. Yeah. Right? How many <laughs> conferences have we gone to, right? Yeah, yeah. You, you walk away with like 20 great ideas. Yeah. Right? Or a good class. You walk away with 20 great ideas. And next month, the, the, the pad is still over there at those you 20 done, ideas. Yeah. You haven't you, even you done have, one of them. You haven't, you haven't done one of them. And yeah. the funny thing is, it's a little bit like a personal trainer. You know, when you, when you know you got to step on the scale at the gym on Monday morning, you think twice about that pizza binge yeah. on, on Friday, Saturday night. Same kind of thing. If, we're, if you're my agent and we're sitting down, and we're talking about you want more business and I, we run through some of your prospects and one of us writes it down on a little notepad, uh, Tom, Dick and Harry are your prospects. And you, you know, I'm going to say, hey, you should have called Tom and then you should have seen if so-and-so is good for, you know, Dick or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to ask you that next week. Hey, how'd yeah. it go? What did Tom say? Yeah, some accountability. Right. And yeah. I'm never the heavy. I'm never the hard guy. You got to want it. If you don't want it, I can't, you can't talk do it you into them. it. Right. Yeah. But just I think just knowing that I'm going to say, hey, how'd the follow-up go with so-and-so? I think that in itself is a small motivator to some degree. Absolutely. And if you don't want to be pushed, I'm not going to push you. You got to be happy at the end of the day. Yeah. Some, you know, some agents, they're very happy like um, Spring Lake agents do three deals a year. 
They make more money than you and me put together, yeah. right? You have another agent up in Hazlitt that's platinum every year, right? 30, 40, 50 deals a year, all little ones. You could switch those agents, right? And the Hazlitt girl, now working in Spring Lake, she'd be miserable. Sure. She'd be making probably three times as much, but yeah. because she's not busy and doing her thing. Yeah, it's all in the personality of the agent. She's not happy. And the same yeah. thing for the Spring Lake agent going to Hazlitt. Yep. So wherever you're happy, you got to do what makes you happy and then find a way to have good results from it. Yeah. Wow. Well, I appreciate you being here and sharing all that. And I think, um, I think people definitely have a great sense of who you guys are, who your company are and, and how your agents, uh, that work for you, like what they have behind them. And, and that's what excites me about having, you know, agents like you, brokers like you here doing this. So I appreciate you coming in and sharing all that. I appreciate you having me here. This is something we talked about for a while and I'm very glad to do it. Yes. But before we wrap up, I'm going to ask you a few questions just to dive in a little more to who you are. Um, what's your favorite restaurant? Wow. My favorite restaurant, you know, like many things, the one you can't go to anymore. Yeah. My favorite restaurant at this moment is the downtown Red Bank. Downtown uh, in Red Bank, uh, you know, which has been closed up the way they blocked off the streets there. Hope they come back. I've had a lot of great times there. I know. It's so hard. And I'm missing it. So, uh, I don't know if that qualifies. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Of all the beaches up and down the Jersey Shore, which beach is your go-to? The one that's empty. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, if you're local, that is definitely the right answer. <laughs> it's like five o'clock on a Wednesday. <laughs> that's yeah. that's my beach. Yeah, or you just drive the truck out on Island Beach State Park. There you go. Find that empty, quiet cove. Uh huh. Um, what would be your best advice for a first-time home buyer? Come talk to me. <laughs> It all starts with the initial conversation, right? Yeah, right. And I say, I did, not to as a plug or a commercial, but I don't know what their needs are. I don't know what their uh, priorities are. Mm-hmm. So whatever their parameters are, uh, they should be connecting with somebody who specializes in the parameters that that they know very, very, very well to, yeah. to handle that. If they want to get a place on the shore, you better have an agent that can really interpret flood zone stuff. Yeah. Not just know it's a form or a thing like that. You know, FEMA changes the, the map every couple of years. They're Absolutely. changing it now. You yeah. want to buy something that's not in a flood zone, what's it gonna what's the pre, what's the new prelim map that's coming out in two years gonna look like? Mm-hmm. That type of thing. Yeah. If you wow. want to talk about co ops, I'm not your guy. Yeah, everyone has their, their niche and their their experience. Right. So right. you're absolutely right. So for first time home buyers, I always said, and I and I will always say, interview, interview, interview. You know, find the right person that fits you, and then go from there. Know what your parameters are for the first time home buyer. Know what your parameters are going in. What your wants are. Mm-hmm. Right. You got your 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 needs, and then your wants, and then find somebody that knows that stuff really well. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, before we wrap up, let give all the information where people can find you guys. That link up with you. The whole nine yards. Your phone number, email. All that other stuff. Okay. Um, Natalia Roth on Facebook is a great spot to see what we're doing and get in touch with us. Uh, she's arguably uh, more socially aware than me at any given moment. Um, our website is rothgroupre.com. 
Uh, and from there, you can anonymously email us. <laughs> so if you're an agent and you're thinking about if the grass is greener on the other side, we got 2021 coming up. You want to make more money, you want a little more help, a little more tech. Uh, we totally fill that niche. We hit three for three with that. Um, we will more than happy to have a extremely confidential information. Having been an agent, having jumped ship a couple of times, yeah. I know what it's like. I know the, the nerve wracking issues of, oh, what if so-and-so sees me? What if so-and-so finds out? Eh, we'll do it extremely confidentially. Um, those are by far the best ways. My personal cell is 732-778-0211. And um, just leave me a voicemail or send me a text. Awesome, man. I'll, I'll get back to you. Well, thank you so much for coming up here today. I appreciate you being here. And uh, hopefully 2021 brings as much success as 2020, the end of 2020 has brought, you know, for us in real estate, right? It's, it's already teeing up to be a dynamite year. And it's going to be a better year than 20 because I'm not going to settle for less. We're gonna make we're gonna make it so. Listen, get those houses listed and, and get those buyers up so I could get some home inspections. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for being here. And I'd like to thank everyone for listening to the show. My name is Mikey T. Michael Anthony Timpani is my mama named me. You can follow the show on Instagram and Facebook at First Timers Podcast Show. You can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at the Home Advisor Pro and my two companies at Timpani Inspects and my brother company at FTJ Builders celebrating over 20 years in business. A link to all the websites can be found from our social sites. Please leave a review on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, or Google Play. Share and subscribe to our weekly podcast. Message us with any questions or topics you may have. And if you're a professional that could bring some value to our audience, please contact me. Together we can learn and grow. I like to end this show with a quote, and I think it's fitting with election time still being crazy right now at the time of recording. And uh, this by no means uh, uh, pins me down to a party, but I love the quote. It's from Ted Kennedy. What divides us pales into comparison to what unites us. God bless everybody and have an amazing day. Bye.